You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. This is Angie, and in the studio with me today is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello. Hey, Angie. Well, we're starting a brand new series. Today, we're going to start in on lifestyle evangelism. So do tell, Mark, what is this all about and what are we going to do? I'm excited about this one because, you know, it really has been a while since we talked about evangelism, honestly. Right. You know, everything kind of points to it, at least in my world here, Mm -hmm. Angie. But you know what? It's been a while since we actually directly addressed it. And it's going to be a great opportunity that we have, I think, to hear from some people from some really unique perspectives about evangelism, who people that I've met who do evangelism, they do it as a lifestyle, but they do it differently, Hmm. which is really cool. It's really unique because who Jesus wants us to be is who he made us to be. Oh, yeah. So using our own gifts and talents that we already have. That's exactly right. Interesting. So taking it from that viewpoint, it's like, I'm not saying, Angie, your personality has to be like mine. Your personality is not like mine. My personality is not like yours. He wants us to use the personalities that we have to be able to just testify to people about what the Lord has done for me. It was interesting. Last night, I was listening to a phone call where my wife was sharing with a friend of hers who was just learning how to share her faith. And it was so cool because I heard my wife say to her, listen, you don't have to have all the answers. Mm. And she goes, I don't. She goes, but I feel so dumb. And she goes, no, that's not what it's all about because she's a newer Christian. And she goes, I don't really know how to answer all their questions. And my wife said, you don't have to. You just have to be able to explain what Jesus has done for you. Right. That's our testimony. That's it. That's our testimony. And you know what? He's done unique things for each of us. That is correct. But I can't share your testimony, Ange, and you can't share mine. I mean, you might be able to tell the story, but you can't really heartfelt share that testimony, right? Right. Talk about your lifestyle and what Jesus has transformed it into. And today, we're going to go to John chapter 20. And this particular text is interesting from the standpoint, this is after Jesus was resurrected. And he appears to the disciples personally. So when you think about, or at least I think about this, Angie, I go, okay, so what am I going to tell about? What am I going to tell somebody about if you think in terms of what Jesus has done for my life? Like, how can I articulate that? How can I explain that to someone that maybe has never had an encounter with Jesus? So the one thing that I want to make sure that I tell is I've had an encounter with Jesus. Mm, I've had an encounter with the man. You know what? I met the man. Like, you wouldn't think it strange if you met a significant person that was maybe rich and famous in the world, like, and then you told somebody standing in a line at an airport, hey, you know, I met so-and-so. Right. Like, that wouldn't be weird to you. But if you've had an encounter with Jesus, who is the living God, and you begin to tell about that, why does that make it weird? Mm, That's a good question. And we don't want to make it weird. We don't want to, right? We just want to talk about our best friend. We want to talk about this man that took our lives and he transformed them. 
And, you know, nobody can argue with your own personal experience. That's right. So people can challenge you on what you've experienced, but you know what you've experienced. Right. And nobody can take it away from you. Nope. Nobody. That's the cool thing. So let's start in verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. Now, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now here, this is real interesting. Verse 23. Remember, he's standing in the midst of the disciples. He's now appearing to them. He spoke to them twice to have peace. Here I am. I want you to have peace. And as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Here's the mission. Verse 22, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands and the print of the nails, and I put my finger into the print of the nails, I put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Hmm. Interestingly, in this context, here's Thomas saying, well, you know what? That might be good for you, but unless I see, unless I feel, unless I touch, I'm not going to believe. So the disciples had a testimony. They saw the Lord. Right. The Lord spoke peace to them. The Lord breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit. But here's Thomas who didn't have the what? The personal experience. Mm, Wow. And he said, unless I have that personal experience, I'm not going to believe. Interesting here. How many of us are the same way, Angie? Well, you know what? I've heard about, and you know what? I've been told, and yes, my grandmother told me, yes, my aunt, my whatever has told me about Jesus, but if you haven't experienced him, then you don't have that compelling reason to share. Mm. Going back, and I'm going to hit back on this again in verse 21. Then Jesus said to the disciples, remember, he appears to them and he says, peace to you. And as the father has sent me, I also send you. Now they received the calling to what? To be sent. I'm now sending you. I'm appearing to you for a reason, right? We're having this encounter. But now the reason I'm appearing to you so that you may have peace, but because I'm sending you, okay? And here's one disciple who didn't receive what Jesus was calling him to, and this was Thomas, because he hadn't seen. He didn't believe. And so he wasn't sent. Now, many are called, but few are chosen. That scripture, okay? Well, here's the opportunity that all of these disciples are chosen to go but only the ones who received 
could actually go. And so what I'm pointing out here is the fact that all of the disciples had the opportunity, but Thomas said, I haven't had that personal encounter to where I believe that I believe that I believe, but the rest of the disciples received the Holy Spirit, they received the commission, they received the mission to go and be sent, and they were ready to go. Mm. Now, Angie, we're going to flip over to Matthew chapter 16, and this is interesting because this is, the again, the revelation of who Jesus is, and then how that is used in Peter's sense to affect the church and how it's supposed to affect the church. And so starting in verse 15, it says, and he said to them, but who do you say that I am? This is Jesus speaking to the disciples here, and he's asking them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, in context, this is interesting because I want to contrast this with what he said back in John, verse 23. He said, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So literally, Jesus, through this encounter, is saying, I'm actually handing you the authority to forgive men of their sins. Now, we don't talk about this much, Angie. And what does that have to do in context with lifestyle evangelism? You've been given the keys to life and death to help set people free. This is the purpose that Jesus came. This is the reason that he appeared to his disciples. And over here in Matthew 16, what he's saying to the church, he said, Peter, now that you have met me and you have understood me, that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, and the father has chosen you to reveal this truth to. And now I'm telling you upon this revelation, upon this revelation of who I am and what I want to do through you and work through you as, I want to build my church. Mm. This is who the church was designed to be. This is, boom, church plant numero one, right? Oh, yeah. This is the first church plant. Boom. Here's the revelation of who I am. And here's what he's saying. Verse 19. It doesn't even seem like it fits into context, but it has to be in context with this because it says, and I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so it's that same authority. He's saying, now that you understand, now that you have the revelation of who I am and who I've called my church to be, now I want you to go. That's the reason he's given the disciples the keys to the kingdom here is because he wants the disciples 
to help set men free. Very good. So I guess my question is, how do we translate that to today? Right. How do we help people to have that encounter with Jesus so that they know? And why do we know that it's for them also? Yeah. So I think, Angie, it starts with our very own testimony. I think it really does start from the lifestyle that we're living. Because if you think about it, Angie, I know for me, the lifestyle I used to live is not the lifestyle that I live now. Right. And why? Because there was a there was a collision. There was an intersection. Mm-hmm. There was a day when I met Jesus Christ. He changed me. He changed the course that I was on. I was on a course, Angie, headed for hell. That's where I was. Mm-hmm. He met me. He intersected me. We collided. He put me on another course. He gave me a chance at heaven to spend eternity with him and the Father. And now I'm compelled by this transformation, by this love, by this encounter. I'm now compelled to give others the same chance that I was given. If I had written down on a piece of paper the cure to cancer, if I had some revelation from an angel from heaven, and this is the key, this is the answer, this is the solution, this is the cure to cancer. Mm -hmm. And I took that and I wadded it up and I put it in my pocket and I kept it to myself. What would you think of me? Yeah, that's that's selfish. Right? Yes. At the very least, Angie, that's completely selfish. Now you're talking about people's eternities. Yeah. People's eternal destinies. Now, if you believe that without Christ, that you go to hell, or people do, if you believe that, then for me, it's an obligation If you have the ability to affect their eternal destination, then you can't keep it in your pocket. Well, and the reality is that God is only asking us to share the gospel. Right. It's not that we have to get people saved. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. That's right. But we have to at least tell our testimony. Yes. Again, back to the fact that it's unarguable. Nobody's going to argue with you about what you've experienced. I mean, they can try. But they can't win an argument because it's your experience, right? not theirs. Yeah, and from a practical standpoint, like what you're asking about, Angie, where do you start? And I believe that's where you start because it's the story. And what is it described as, Angie? The greatest story ever told. You know, you've mm. heard that, right? Everybody yes. says, well, this is the greatest story ever told. Why? Because it changes men's lives. Yes. And, and I've seen why. that. I've seen that over and over again with people watching The Chosen, for instance. Yes, yes. And they're impacted, even though the story is not 100% exactly what the Bible would say. It's They're taking a little bit of creative license, but right. they, the bottom line is they're pointing people to Jesus. That's right. And that's all really Jesus is asking us to do. He's just saying, tell them about, about me. Just share about me. You know, and he is the living God. And you're right. He supplies the Holy Spirit to do the conviction. John 16, he convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And our job is just to introduce, just to tell the story, the greatest story ever told. 
And so don't keep it to yourself. That's exactly what you're saying. That's it. And for me, and the introduction of this series is lifestyle evangelism. Like, it doesn't mean that I have to go witnessing. Mm -hmm. It means that I am called to be a witness at all times. And that means you have to live your life the way that God would want us to live our lives. Yes. We have to look like we. And you know what the Bible says, which I know you know the scripture, but he says that we'll be known by yes. our love. And so that's our first thing. That's really good. That's, that's really, right. That's a great way to start off our lifestyle evangelism series. Now let's move over to our testimony. Yeah. And with me today is Francisco, who actually came from Spain. And Francisco, thank you and welcome to the program. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my my blessing to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and today is the first part of the series called Lifestyle Evangelism. And man, right away, Francisco popped into my mind. And it's like, okay, this guy lives evangelism. And Francisco, what I'd love to have you share with the audience today is, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about your background coming from Spain to the United States and and a little bit about that story. But then why in the world do you evangelize, Francisco? What what motivates you to do that? Okay, well, I came from Spain in 2015 to the States. My wife was a missionary kid. So when she was five months old from Oklahoma, she went to Spain with her mom and dad, the missionaries who founded the church where I got saved with my family. So, and lucky me, I was the one who married her. <laughs> Amen, brother. So, yeah, that's the, that's the connection and growing up in the Lord with, you know, that missionary mentality, my father-in-law made a big impact in my life about to leave the gospel. But uh, at the end of the day, the gospel compelled us Amen. to live like that. It's, it's not something that we produce uh, on our own. Uh, it's the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's like how, how not to share the gospel would be the question if you yeah. have Jesus in your life, right? Amen. Because the gospel means that we get united to the very life of Jesus, to the very heart of Jesus. Amen. He's a real savior and he's continuing with his work, uh, his mission on this earth through us as the same as he used to do when he was on the earth. So he has a mission that he needs to accomplish and, and we are his people. So Amen. if he's divine and we are the branches, we're connected to his very heart, to his timetables, to his power, to his values, to his love. So we do what he wants us to do is him in our lives. So evangelism is not something that you have to do. It's something that you get to do. <laughs> Amen. Wow, that is so good. That by, is by so the good. power of the, the Holy Spirit, because, you know, we get to know the Lord and we reflect his glory. In, in our lives. It's not something that we do. It's, it's the lifestyle of Jesus in us. So Francisco, what I think I hear you saying is we get the privilege of sharing the gospel with people. Not that, oh, we have to go share, but we actually, it is a privilege and an honor to be able to share Jesus Christ with people that are lost and hurting. 
Amen. It's the, it's the heart of the Father. So if we have that kind of heart, so we share the good news with everyone around us. Uh, the problem with many believers, unfortunately, is like, you know, we want to believe the truth of Jesus, but we don't want to embrace the lifestyle of Jesus. Mm. We can't separate that because if we separate everything that we know about Jesus, that becomes just only information in our minds. Wow. If we embrace his lifestyle, the way of Jesus is when transformation happens in our hearts and we adjust our lifestyle to the lifestyle of Jesus because we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're led with the Holy Spirit, and we are empowered with the Holy Spirit. And who is the Holy Spirit? It's Jesus in us. Amen. That is exactly right. And he has given us his Holy Spirit to be able to evangelize, right? He does the work. And that's exactly one of the things that, you know, they really give me a burden in my heart since I came here from from Spain and from a different background and context. And here in the States, we have so many apps, so many resources to share the gospel, so many courses. And I know all those things are beautiful and they're great and we need those courses and trainings but what about the holy spirit <laughs> that's right that's right don't when, forget him when the lord said his disciples uh well wait here until i will give you some apps and some tools <laughs> no wait here and i will give you the promise of my father the holy spirit amen and when we deal with the holy spirit and we step out of the of our comfort zone and we we receive the power of the holy spirit to do what we're not able to do on ourselves so now we can have apps now we can have training and now we can have other tools but first the power of the holy spirit jesus in us don't forget the holy spirit because he is the most important part of this right and he is the one that compels us yeah, otherwise we will be running in 100 directions at the same time instead of doing the one thing that Jesus is telling us to do. It's like Peter and, and James when, and John, when they were fishing all night long and they didn't get any, any fish. And after listening to Jesus, when Jesus borrowed his boat, and after that Jesus said, launch deeper and now cast the net right there amen he realized wow this is this is something very special this is this is the son of god so i see a lot of people running in in 100 directions instead of taking the joke of jesus upon them Mm. and doing greater works that comes by embracing the lifestyle of jesus which is disciple making that's right (laughs) that's right it goes hand in hand doesn't it brother Amen. Yeah, I always say that, you know, our boat, we have two oars. One is evangelism. The other one is discipleship. And if you use only one, you're going to go in circles. Oh, that's good. But in both of them at the same time, we go on mission. Disciple making starts with evangelism and finishes with evangelism. You can't separate them because our Lord Jesus didn't separate them. So why should should us to do that? Yeah. So Francisco, what advice 
What advice would you give to a listener who's sitting there contemplating this, listening to this, and they're saying, but in a practical sense, in my everyday life, you know, in my lifestyle, I don't know about evangelism. I don't know if I can squeeze it into my life. What advice would you give them? Well, I, I will say that we have the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have received the power that comes from God. And we all have a story to tell. It's not, it's not something that we can do on our own power with our own strength. It's the gospel compels us to do that. I always think of that blind man who got healed uh, by Jesus in the temple. And, and he was being you know, <laughs> interviewed by all those Pharisees and the religious guys. And right. he, didn't, he didn't know much about Jesus. But his testimony was so, so powerful. And that all those guys, religious guys with so many studies, they couldn't resist the authenticity of an encounter with Jesus. He said, well, I don't know about this man, but this I know. I was blind and now I see. That's right. That is exactly <laughs> I, I, right. I, I always say this is the only thing we need. If you have had an encounter with Jesus, share your story, because it's the story of the gospel in your life, how Jesus changed you, is a unique story, it's personal, That's there's it. no stories that are exactly the same. Uh, so if you have had an encounter with Jesus, just share with others what Jesus has done in your life. Uh, I come from a broken home. I grew up without my dad. I had a lot of religion in my life, but I didn't have Jesus. Amen. And my dad uh, hurt my life, my heart, my family. But someone gave a Bible to my dad because he was so empty for all the, the brokenness in his life. Just by reading the Bible, the words of Jesus, he surrendered his heart to the Lord. And he understood that it's not about religion. It's about a relationship, a living relationship with the Savior who loved us so much to pay the price of our sins on the cross. And my dad surrendered his life to Jesus. He came home. He shared with us the good news of the gospel. And all the family became believers because of that. And not only my family, but the other family, because my dad had two, two women. And, and I have half-brothers, I have sisters. My family was a mess. And Jesus came into our lives. This is my story. And I share it every time. And I will say to every believer, if you had an encounter with Jesus, you have a story to tell. Amen. So tell your story. And after that, share Jesus' story, the gospel, and practice the gospel and found a great way to, to share the gospel. Uh, you guys with Revive Ohio, oh my goodness, that's what amazing way to share the gospel with the bracelets and the New Testaments. And we can go step by step so easily sharing about the truth of Jesus, destroying the wall of separation between ourselves and God, destroying our sins because of his love and what everything that he has done on the cross. Amen, brother. You said it all. You said it well. And 
there is really nothing more to say. It dropped the microphone on that. But the truth is, brother, is you're saying your life was radically changed because you had an encounter with Jesus and you're just compelled to continue to tell others about Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit. Is that a fair summary of that, Francisco? Amen. Amen. I always say the gospel changes everything. Yes. And when I try to equip others to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus, I always say I'm the living proof and you are the living proof that the gospel changes everything. That's awesome. Francisco, unfortunately, we're out of time, uh, but stay tuned because we've got another testimony coming up. We've got another episode. And Francisco, keep your eyes and ears open because we're going to have you back on the show again. Well, my brother, I will be more than happy to be there with you guys. And thank you for all you do. Amen. And we've got a lot more to unpack in this particular subject. But thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.